Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 11 of Guidance Unscripted. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle Wilson, and with me is Mr. Dave Thompson and Mr. Elliot Doan. Today, we're going to be talking about grad pathways, and we have Ben Carter from the Department of Education with us. So ben, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we'll get going on questions? Yes, I'm the Director of Workforce and Innovation at the Department of Education. I oversee uh, STEM initiatives, computer science, work-based learning, and I also oversee um, the rollout of graduation pathways. Very nice. Thank you, and thank you for being here. We appreciate you taking the time to help us explain to our parents and students what Grad Pathways is and, you know, what to be looking for within it. My pleasure. Yeah, to so, so to jump right in, since it's been kind of a busy afternoon for all of us, we'd kind of like to know the why behind going from I-STEP to now requiring Grad Pathways from the state's perspective. Definitely. I think there were some state board members that really felt that one test as a determining factor for post-secondary success uh, was not uh, was not a positive thing for students, and so the the initiative was all right. We need to get away from this. Just one test that students take, and, and letting them know by that one test whether or not they're going to be successful or not. And so we want to move to more of a personalized approach, and that was kind of the initiative to put together this graduation pathways policy group to develop this policy, um, and that's kind of what uh, graduation pathways were born from. Yeah, I like it. I. Uh, we actually had one of the students here at the, with the rights for the newspaper, and I think she contacted all of us and was asking questions about it. And that was one of the questions that came up from them was, why did, what, what happened? Um, and one of the explanations I gave was that, and I didn't know that that was actually what it was. So <laughs> yeah. I feel good today. Yeah. I did something right. <laughs> so we definitely have a lot of students and families that are not in favor of I-STEP or just get uh, a lot of fear, test anxiety, and they hear about that. So there has been some definite positive feedback so far at our building in terms of graduation pathways. Now that we know the why behind it, can you explain what the, gra- the requirements are of graduation pathways? Yeah, I'm happy to. The, um, and, and I'll just preface this by saying we do have a couple one-page documents on our website. Um, that are specifically geared towards parents that kind of lay out the what we call the three to succeed. So graduation pathways are the three to succeed. You have to earn your credits associated with one of the four diploma designations. That's an academic honors, um, technical honors, general, or core 40. So earn your credits. The second part is having an experience. So you have to have uh, a, an experience that helps to develop employability skills or what some people call soft skills or success skills. So those critical skills that aren't necessarily technical in nature, but they really help you to um, secure a job, help you to navigate through the, the career waters, if you will. And those are things like critical thinking, problem solving, communication, um, persistence, and things like that. And so the experience the students have to have is either a project-based, a service-based, or a work-based experience. And then the final component is that a student needs to meet one of nine competencies. So they have nine different options for competencies, ranging from taking an ACT, SAT, to taking some career and technical education classes, maybe earning dual credit, um, passing an ASVAB, um, or even maybe having an apprenticeship opportunity. So the the nature here is the three to succeed. One in bucket one, which is the credits. One in the learn and demonstrate employability skills, which is one of those experiences. And then the meeting one of the nine competencies in bucket three. There really are a variety of ways, and it, it's definitely not going to be the same for 
every single kid. And I mean, just based on our meeting that we just had, there's plenty of different ways, especially within box two and box three to get those checked off. And I think that's important for our students and parents to understand is it's just not going to look the same for everyone. And that's potentially why multiple things are laid out there for students to be checking off for graduation. Um, and I think that that leads really nicely into the positive outcomes. Can you speak towards what types of positivity and, and what types of outcomes are going to come from this movement towards grad pathways? Yeah, I think the whole notion of it is that um, students are going to work on a post-secondary plan. So beginning in middle school, you know, we really want students to start thinking about um, their futures and thinking about what options are out there, what they're, what they're interested in, what values do they have, um, what skills do they have, and what, what do they really enjoy and like to do, and then what options are available in Indiana and, and broadly as well. And then the idea with Graduation Pathways is that you're going to take that plan and try to connect um, the dots. So what's required to get into that type of career? And maybe that's the type of experience you want to have. Maybe the experience you have, whether it's a project-based experience, a service-based experience, or a work experience, helps to provide you with additional information, access to employers, um, different experiences to help you kind of figure out, oh, maybe I, maybe I do like that career, or maybe I don't. But that's just as valuable. And I think the final part in terms of the competencies are, what, what, how do I access that career? What credentials do I need? Do I need some type of specific diploma? Do I need some type of industry certification? Do I need some type of experience before I can get access? And that's kind of the idea of having that credential um, while you're in high school as well. So I, one of the first things I heard you say was talking about these plans in middle school, and I think that's great. And it's good to have these kids thinking about different career outcomes and opportunities the earlier the better and help them kind of figure out what it is that they're passionate about before they get to the point where it starts costing them money, i.e. college or training. So in terms of grad pathways, though, what do we do for our teenagers that think they're doing one thing one year and then do a 180 and they go from, you know, maybe engineering to social work from one year to the next? How does that affect their graduation pathway? Yeah, I think that's important. I really still don't even know what I want to do, but <laughs> anywho. You're in the right room. <laughs> but yeah. I will say I've developed my employability skills there so that go. I can kind of navigate different options. I think that's really what it's all about is um, not really honing in on one specific option, but giving yourself... Um, multiple opportunities. So not saying, all right, these are the three things that I'm going to do to fulfill each of these buckets, but giving it more broad of like, I can do this, this, and this, and then I have a backup plan. But there's always time to, to, to change your, your mind. Um, some of the requirements are course requirements. So it really just depends on the amount of time you have in your schedule. So that could be a barrier to, uh, to changing your mind partway through. So there's some things that you need to work with your counselor on just to make sure like, is it really a good time for me to change? and things of that nature. And I would say probably by the time that you're, you know, approaching your junior year, you probably want to have an idea of here's the experiences that I think I'm going to approach and here are the courses that, you know, are really going to help me complete my graduation requirements and and here are the here's the competency or the um credential that I'm going to earn. Mm-hmm. Um at least that way you have, you know, yeah, if you if you select multiple of those then you have kind of a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's good and I like it. Yeah, and you're going to hit hit those the advanced classes that you're talking about are going to happen that more than likely that junior and senior year. So that's where you're going to have to really be set up on what kind of hone in on what you need to follow through with to yeah. finish up. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then can you share with us just some examples? It doesn't have, you don't have to go into great detail, but some examples of what those employee employability skills look like and the service work and project based learning experiences. 
Mm -hmm. So kind of what I shared earlier, we have 18 employability skills um, and we have a great poster that you can check out to see what those skills are. But they're what you think. They're like effective communication, collaboration, and the idea is to have an experience that helps to develop your skills in that area. Um, so it could be an extracurricular activity where you're participating on a sports team. For instance, I played soccer. And so I start in the preseason, I work hard with my team, and I complete the season all the way to the end. Throughout that season, there's a lot of things that I have to work on in terms of punctuality, um, in terms of collaboration with my teammates. So that, that would satisfy the requirement. Um, and it doesn't just have to be sports. Any type of extracurricular activity that, that you're meaningfully participating in could, could be an option. Maybe you have an in-depth project that lasts um, a few weeks in one of your classes where your teacher is leading you through like a challenge or problem that you're trying to work with your classmates to solve. And at the end, you, you're able to present that project um, to maybe even some employers or community partners or a panel of folks. That would be an option of completing the employability skills requirement. Or maybe you have a part-time job. That's another great option, too. Uh, maybe, maybe, for instance, you work at McDonald's like I did, or you worked at Sherwin-Williams like I did. Um, those types of experiences help you to develop these critical skills that we're talking about, and they also count for graduation, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, a lot of those skills, I hope I'm not jumping the gun on this, but they go really nicely with the social-emotional curriculum that hopefully we're going to have on a school-wide basis here in the next couple years. But for right now, we just did a pilot lesson last mm -hmm. week on that. Um, but I definitely, you know, I appreciate that those soft skills are – you know, big within the Department of Education, and they realize that because that's certainly, you know, something that we emphasize too here at Avon. Well, Can you talk? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think I think if you look at what we're dealing with today, based on 20 years ago or whatever, it's the one piece that, you know, as a as a parent, you would say that's lacking in some of the kids right now is that those soft skills mm -hmm. that they need to be able to be successful. You know, when they're out of the house. Yeah. And, oh, definitely. And on their own. Definitely. Yeah. And we've talked about it in previous podcasts. Technology certainly is oh, yeah. a barrier within developing those soft skills. And mm -hmm. maybe we'll have another podcast on that later. Yeah. But um, definitely those soft skills are really, really important. And Area 31 is a big program that we have here. We've got quite a few students who are going for their technical honors diploma. Or maybe they're just trying to get that career-based experience within Area 31, can you talk a little bit about, first of all, how those classes count towards grad pathways? And then as well within that, can you double dip within boxes two and three with Area mm -hmm. 31? Definitely. Very familiar with Area 31. Great programs there. Great career pathways. Or if you're not familiar with career pathways, that's just a sequence of career courses within like a similar career. It's like engineering, welding, auto service, things of that nature. Those definitely count for graduation pathways in a couple ways. So first of all, you have employability skills that you learn through that experience. So um, maybe the class has, it has a project that you're working on, or maybe it's what I call open for business, where people are bringing their cars into the shop and you're helping work on those, or maybe you're in cosmetology and you have live clients that are coming in and you're, you're, you know, you're working on their hair. Um, that would be a great employability skills experience. So right there, you've checked off bucket two, learn and demonstrate employability skills experience. Bucket three, where you have the competencies, that is an option as well. So that requires a student to complete two advanced CTE classes within the same pathway. So if you could complete two advanced cosmetology classes, or you can complete two advanced auto service classes or engineering classes, you name the career field, it's pretty much at Area 31. So if you complete those two classes with a C or better, that would fulfill that final bucket. And so you would be good to go. So really, 
career and technical education pathways are a really solid route to satisfying graduation pathway requirements. Mm -hmm. And especially with how easy it is with Area 31 to earn your technical honors diploma. I mean, that's pretty much one, two, and three right there without really having to put too much effort into it. Mm -hmm. So long as, am I correct? I mean, you're earning mm -hmm. your diploma, you're getting box two, and you're getting box three within Area 31. So definitely is a really big emphasis for our students and definitely pushing towards that career readiness. So one of the options for bucket three is a passing score on the ASVAB of 31 or higher because that'll get you into multiple military branches. And that seems to be one option that a lot of schools around the state, including Avon, have selected to do because it's a quick and easy shot for kids. By the time they get to senior year, if they haven't passed ISTEP yet, we really have to start looking at grad pathways. So this has been utilized frequently. Can you talk just a little bit about what ASVAB is and how this is a beneficial tool, not just geared towards the military? Yeah, um, I'm going to tell you what ASVAB stands for, and it's taken me a while to learn this. <laughs> ASVAB, Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery Test. So in there is an aptitude test. That's what this is. It's an aptitude test. It looks at your numeracy, literacy skills. It looks at some other um, essential skills that are needed for success in the military. And if you earn a 31, which is the minimum score to be able to enlist in the Army, then you satisfy the graduation requirement. The one thing I'll say about ASVAB is the version that we give in high schools is called CEP. So it's the Career Exploration Program. It's not entirely geared for you take this test and you're going into the military. That's not what it's about. It's more about you're taking this aptitude test and then you have access to all these different careers um, that might be a good fit for you based on how you scored. Or you can see the gap. Like if you have an interest in this career field and your aptitude is saying, oh, you're here, this is some area you might need to work on. Maybe you need to brush up on your math skills. It tells you that too. So that's why an aptitude test is really important. It's helpful as kind of a career coach for you. So you shouldn't think of the ASVAB as just, I'm going to take the ASVAB so I can graduate. Now that is an option, but it's really a more in-depth tool to help you be successful later in life. So I think you know, providing more education about that type of resource and how mm -hmm. it can help you is important for sure. So in that, you talked about the CEP version, which is a career explorer version. Uh, this, like a student that was going into the military would take the MEPS version. Um, if they take that MEPS version away from school, let's say they enlist, do an early enlistment um, junior year or early in their senior year, will that still count or... Definitely. It will still count. Okay. Um, that will count. And on, on the flip side, the ASVAB CEP, if you earn a 31, that can qualify you for enlistment. It's just not geared towards that. But if you do earn the score, it can count. You don't have to take the MEPS or the military entrance processing version. But okay. both count. And it doesn't necessarily matter where you take the, the test. And that's mm -hmm. the same with the ACT and SAT as well. You can earn a qualifying score on a national testing day on the weekend. That's, that counts too. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So I guess to kind of wrap things up, this is something that is required for the class of 2023, our current mm -hmm. freshmen. It is an option coinciding with ISTEP, I guess I want to say, for current sophomores, juniors, and seniors. The standard way for that group to graduate is still ISTEP, but this is a backup plan, and this is something that counts just as nicely. It's not like it's any sort of waiver or any sort of ding against your son or daughter if they graduate with a graduation pathway. It is just a brand new and fresh approach to graduation instead of just a one-size-fits-all test. Yeah. And then yeah. Matt, say we had over 
100 or 200 225 students? roughly seniors last mm -hmm. year that graduated yeah. with yep. yeah i think the first year we were able to use it it was in the the 20s or 30s area mm -hmm. the first year we were able to use it and then it jumped up to like crazy yeah. numbers right off the bat so yeah and i remember having conversations with students that hey you know we've got a backup for you i don't want you to worry about and define who you are and where you're going based on an right. i-step score and again you know i think that that's important within this is we are starting to move away from that and um not necessarily making that something that students identify with and I mean, I think it's definitely a, a positive thing that's making a move. Yeah. At first, I think we were all kind of worried, uh, overwhelmed with wondering what was going to happen, what this was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And as we've kind of learned more and more about it, it seems like every year we learn a little bit more and it, and it feels more comfortable. It feels like it fits. It, it fits what we need to do for kids to get them in the right spot to, to earn their diploma and be successful after high school. So uh, as we're wrapping up, I want to thank Ben for kind of, you know staying after, presented to us earlier today and staying after and doing the podcast with us. Um, we want to thank Chick-fil-A and Avon as they're sponsoring the, chi the podcast now. So uh, we appreciate that. And for all of us here at Guidance Unscripted, we are Avon. We are one. <laughs>